focus on this series is, is me. Say that with me, me. So I'm talking about you, 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 me, 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 me. Me attitude, me love, me change. It's easy in a relationship to point the finger. Why is her crazy? Look how, look how crazy she is or whatever. And so the focus is on me and what we bring, what I bring, what you bring to the table to bless that relationship, to die and to, to, uh, to, to encourage and so forth and so on. Two boys collected a bucket of nuts underneath a great tree in a cemetery on the outskirts of town. When the, the buckets was full, they sat down out of sight. The, they decided to divide the spoils. One for you, one for me, one for you, one for me, said one boy as he watched intently. Their bucket was so full that some of the nuts had spilled spilled out and rolled all the way to the fence. It was dusk, and another boy was driving his bicycle by. He passed. He thought he heard voices from the inside of the cemetery, slowed down to investigate. Sure enough, he heard one for you, one for me, one for you, one for me. The boy with the bike knew just what was happening. His face went ghostly white. Oh my, he shuddered. It's Satan and the Lord dividing souls in the cemetery. He jumped on his back and he bike and he rode off desperately looking for a friend. Will you say that with me, friend? Looking for a friend. Just around the bend, he met an old scouring man who hobbled along with a cane. Come with me quick, said the boy. You won't believe what I heard. Satan and the Lord are down in the cemetery dividing souls. Man said, beat it, kid. Can't you see it's hard for me to walk? When the boy insisted, though, the man hobbled to the cemetery. When they arrived at the fence, they heard, one for you, one for me, one for you, one for me. Ready to have a little fun, the old man whispered, boy, you've been telling the truth. Let's go inside and see if we can see the devil himself. The child was horrified, but the old man was all ready to take his first step into the gate. Then they heard, okay, that's the last of them. That's all. Now let's go get those two nuts by the fence, and we're done. <laughs> they say the old man ran so fast back to town that he meet. He beat the boy by about five minutes. More than likely, he was looking for a good friend. I've taught on relationships for years, four main things that I teach on that I'm only going to mention today. I like to mention it because it's, it's honestly, it works. If you're going to be in a relationship of any kind, marriage, friendship, any level of relationship, you've got to have these four T's. The first one is time. Will you say that with me, time? You cannot have a relationship if you're not willing to put the time in to sacrifice the time. You want to be close to your children? It takes time. The other one is talk. Will you say that with me, talk? You got to have words. Words are the building block. In, in, in the tongue is the power of life and death. You got to be willing to talk and take the time to do that. Another one is a healthy touch. Will you say that with me, touch? 
Healthy touches is very, very important when it comes to relationship. And the last one is treasures. Say that with me, treasures. Giving treasures out of your heart. I just want to mention that today. I'm going to mention one a little bit later on, but it takes those four to build a relationship. And by the way, if you need to get out of a relationship, just remove them. All it takes. You got an unhealthy relationship going on. Just remove the time, the talk, the treasure, the touch. Well, J.O., she just keeps texting me. She just texts me and texts me. You text her back? Yeah, 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 yeah of course I do. Well, stop it. <laughs> if you want to break, if you want to finish the relationship, remove the four and it'll be done. If you want to build a relationship, apply those four. There's uh, different levels of relationships, and I want to just mention them for a moment because of where I'm going. Uh, the first one is acquaintances. Say that with me, acquaintances. Just basically, you don't really know them. You run into them occasionally. It can be an acquaintance. It can be someone you run into occasionally in the mall or at work or what have you. The next one is casual friends. Will you say that with me, casual friends? They are exactly what they sound like, a casual friend. You may know their, their name, but that's pretty much about as far as it goes, just a casual friend. And then you have, uh, you have acquaintances, you have casual friends, and then go a little bit deeper, say this with me, close friends. Close friends is someone that you share secrets to and someone that you do spend time with, you, you do talk with, you might buy treasures for. You may give them big hugs, um, a, a deeper friend, a, a, a closer friend. And then we have uh, what I call the intimate friend. Say that with me, intimate. And really, honestly, I want to use this word right here that's not used a lot in our society today, a covenant friend. Say that with me, covenant friend. And I'm not really speaking towards marriages, though, believe me, you can take what I'm uh, preaching on today and apply it to marriage, and it's a, it's a wonderful thing, but an intimate or a covenant friend, you're not going to have too many of those in life. But I, I want to I dive towards those today, an intimate covenant friend or at least a close friend. Why? Because I think everyone in this room, that's exactly what you desire. So I want to talk about it. I want to open up the Word of God to it. I want to show you those uh, at least one, two amazing dudes in the Bible that had a covenant, uh, intimate friendship. And uh, I want to talk about at the end of how to build that and how to sustain intimate relationships because there's all kinds of relationships out there. Uh, I'm going to say a word right now and you're going to go, yeah, I've heard of that right there. How about Facebook friends? Anybody heard of those? Like, ah, jail got, I maxed out, got 5,000. Well, who really cares? And really, honestly, what kind of friends are they? There may be a good friend in there, but there may not be. People can walk up to you and go, hey, uh, don't you, uh, we're friends on Facebook. Uh, Facebook. Okay. Uh, but that's not really the friendships that I'm talking about today. They're, they are exactly what they are. They're social media friendships. And uh, that's ba I, I think they can really kind of jack up friendships if you think that's what real friendships are. And so, because you're like, friend me, friend me, friend me. Did they friend me? Did they friend me? Did they friend me? <laughs> There's seasonal friends. Here's some other words for friends, companions, associates, confidants, comrades, 
All these are, are talking about some type of a relationship, some type of friendship. I really want to camp out more on the, on the closer friend, the intimate friend, the covenant friend. Uh, like I said, you won't have too many of those in your life. If you ever have two or three of them, I, I think that you're doing very, very well. I want to talk about a relationship in the Bible who I, I'm privileged to be named after them, Jonathan David. And these two were amazing friends. I want to open the word of God up to them and talk about their friendship. Their, their friendship is different than a husband and a wife. It's different than a dad and a daughter or a mom and a son. It's different than uh, two siblings. There is a different type of relationship, this covenant relationship that I talk about this morning. The Bible says in, in uh, Proverbs 18.24 that a man who has friends must, here's a, here, here's a good clue, must himself be friendly. That, that, that's good for somebody in this room right now because you're looking at me kind of like scary. Right? You got to smile at that. Come on. That's some good advice from the wisest man that's ever walked on the face of the earth. If you want to have friends, you got to be friendly. Right? Yeah, that's it's good stuff. And it goes on to say, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit today uh, because of Jonathan and David. If you would, turn with me to 1 Samuel 18.1. If you want to read really the, the, the beautiful nuts and bolts of Jonathan and David, read, verse, read chapters 18, 19, and 20. And then it continues on for a bit until, sad to say, Jonathan and his dad saw loses their life. But even after that, this is for free. David was in such covenant with Jonathan that he sought out on how he could bless the house of David. And it was just, I mean, the house of Jonathan. It was just amazing, uh, their covenant relationship. If you look at 1 Samuel uh, 18.1, it says this, talking about covenant, intimate, close friendships. Now, when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Who is Jonathan? Jonathan is a prince. Say that with me, prince. His daddy is Saul. He's the king of Israel. He's the first king of Israel. Jonathan's the first prince of Israel, and you have a king, and you have a prince, and then you have this little guy, David. David's a shepherd boy. He takes care of his daddy's sheep. He can take a lion out with his bare hands. He can take a bear out with his bare hands, and he, by the way, just got through slaying jungle breath Goliath. This is David. This is Jonathan. Something that's taken place in their relationship. They're attached at the hip. They love each other dearly. They're, they're, they're knit. Say that with me, knit. That, that knitting is a binding. It's a bond. They have a beautiful, beautiful bond between two dudes. I don't mean that to be offensive. It's my buddy, my buddy dude on the front row right there. 1 Samuel 18.3, and Jonathan and David made a covenant. Say that with me, covenant. Because he loved him as his own soul. 
How many know that you can love and then you can love? You can be like, brah, I love you, brah. I love you, bro. Love you, bro. Love, love you, brosty. Broster. Love you, brah. Love, love. Love you, man. But then there is a much deeper love than one than just love you, brah. That you deeply love, that you would lay your life down for another. You love them more than you love yourself. And I believe this is exactly the love that they had. They loved Jonathan and David made a covenant because they loved him as his own, look, look, his own soul. I don't think there's a person in this room right now, I don't care how tough you are, how bad you are, I don't care how old you are, we need those close relationships. We long to have really relationships that we can lean into, that we can trust. They're not going to burn you. They're not going to backstab you. They're not going to slam you. They're not going to talk behind your back. I mean, they stick closer than a brother. They made a covenant. It's a confederate. It's an alliance. It's a a pledge between uh, men, like a treaty, like a league of men. Very rarely does this take place, and I tell you, you need to be aware of it. You need to look for them. I think God wants us all to have these beautiful, intimate covenant relationships. And of course, if you're married, guess what? You're in a covenant relationship. You're in a intimate relationship. There is a bond. There is an alliance. There is a covenant. There is a, a, a pledge that you have taken. And praise God, you should uh, stick to that all the way to the end. And you can apply these things that I'm talking about in that relationship to today. I want you to see what Jonathan does. I talked about the four T's in the beginning, and one of them was treasures. <laughs> and Jonathan, the prince of the nation, they're, they're so connected at the hip. If you look at verse four, it says this about Jonathan and, and David. It says, and Jonathan took off the robe. This is a prince. It's his mantle. I can only imagine the beautiful colors it was, maybe blue and purple and crimson, and I don't know what the robe looked like, but he he took his robe off. David, a shepherd boy. And it says, that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. The prince just turning over these honestly, treasures to this probably 15, 16-year-old young man. How does a relationship like this begin? How does it begin? I mean, how do you know? I mean, what happens? How do you know it clicks? C.S. Lewis, he writes this. Friendship is born at the moment one person says to another, what? You too? I thought I was the only one. What? You too? I thought I was the only one. And this is exactly what happened with Jonathan and David. (laughs) You're a warrior too? I thought I was the only one. You too? You're a giant? What? You're, You're a giant slayer? You like to pick battles? You like to pick fights? I thought I was the only one. What? You too? 
David would even lay his life down for Saul, the king, which was Jonathan's David. What? You too? You honor my dad that way? What? You too? I thought I was the only one. You got to have a what? You too, when it comes to these type of relationships. And this happened with, with Jonathan and David. They, in this, you can see that he, he just downloaded him with treasures. Let me, let me tell you what the Bible says about treasures. It's beautiful in Matthew 6, 21. It says, for where your treasure is, you don't ever want to get these backwards. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's not where your heart is, where your treasure is. No, no, no. Follow your treasure. Amen. <laughs> Preach it. I love that. Follow your treasure. I love, come on. <laughs> Prophet, proclaim it. Follow your treasure. For where your treasure is, listen to that real good. Look at your visa account. Look at your checkbook. Whatever, where your treasure is, your heart follows. You could see the love that Jonathan had for David because he gave his treasures to David. Even in our tithes and offerings, you know, his tithes and offerings. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. I love uh, getting treasures for my wife. And they're not always this extravagant, big treasures, but they're, they're little treasures. Sometimes they're little, sometimes they're big, sometimes they're medium, but they're treasures. And, and like over Mother's Day, I, I, I planned it. I was like, you know, I'm going to get her a little treasure. And this time the treasure is fingernail polish. You would be like, well, you know, just go over there and pick up whatever pink you want. I don't roll that way. I'm like, I'm on Google. I'm trying, hey, give me the top 10 fingernail polishes. I want to see, show me the seasons. I'm like, summer, winter, fall. I'm looking at all these fingernail polishes. And then I go into a place that pretty much specializes in hair. And you know what ain't for me? And fingernails and toe, whatever, polish. And I go in there and I, uh, the woman, hey, can I help you? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking for my wife. Uh, you know, Mother's Day, I'm looking for, a, you know, the, you know, like, I want some fingernail polish, like, what's cool? And she shows me these colors, and I'm like, she said, this is popular for right now. And I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> no, it's not my wife. I mean, no. Thank you for your help, but no. And she, she was nice, and she was trying to help me. I mean, so what? 22, 17-year-olds went in there and bought that, but it's just not my not my wife's color and so what have you and so I look around and then I find it and I like oh this is it right here and worst case scenario you know I check with them as I, you know she can bring it back I can bring it back what have you so I took it home and she opened it and you can tell when it's a little treasure just by the look and the response she's like wow and by the way she's wearing it today <laughs> and treasures are they can be little, they can be big, but I, I tell you, I like doing that for my wife and my kids. Why? Because I want them to know that they're in my heart. Relationships are way more than your hands. Relationships 
are in your heart. And where your heart is, come on, you, you, you don't want to mess that up because really it's where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Amen? And so you find this in this beautiful relationship with Jonathan and David, and oh man, they, they, they just had a heart for one another, and the prince shows this by his treasures, and C.S. Lewis says, what draws people to be friends is that they see the same truth. They share it probably the weirdest thing that you can ever do. One of the weirdest things you can ever do is go looking for a friend. I'm just going to go find a friend today. I'm going to go to church looking for a friend. I'm going to find, going to go to school looking for a fan, friend. Just going to find me a friend. I'm going to go friend, friend looking. Tell your neighbor right there, don't be weird. <laughs> and maybe you've done that, and I'm sure I've thought that way too. You've got to be careful with that because you can scare people off. <laughs> They're like, dude, you see that dude over there? Because a friendship has to be built on something. You don't build a friendship off of, I want a friend. You may have emotions around that. You may have feelings connected to it, but there has to be a truth. There has to be, what? You too? I thought I was the only one. When you have those type of actions and reactions and connections, I believe that's where a beautiful friendship can begin. Without that, without the what you two, I thought I was the only one moment. There's nothing to build the relationship on. The story of Jonathan David is an example of that. I've got, a, I've got friends in this room. I've got friends outside this room. And I've had those type of experiences. What? I'd heard about this dude named Bob Grimm. He's a pastor at uh, Life Church Walla Walla. He's been here before him and his wife, Kara. They did our uh, anniversary last year, just did a wonderful job. But I had heard about him, and Pastor Bob, my pops in the Lord, says, you got to meet Bob Grimm, man. He's, you gotta, and, and, and I think you know, that had been said about me, and all of a sudden we're introduced, and it's like, what? You too? I thought I was the only. It was, it was a, 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 a really cool connection. It's like, you too? You like to, you like to hunt elk like that? you you like, what? And it was very, very cool, and we've been... We've been pretty good friends ever since, and it's not the only one. That's more of a, a recent one, probably in the last 13 years or so, but I have friends all the way back, you know, more like 30 years, that all of a sudden got a good friend in Colorado. His name's James Nichols, and it's just that way. Haven't seen him for a while. It's like you just have that feeling, what? You too? I was in Parker, Colorado, going through a, a week of intensive counseling, and I let James know I, I was there because he lives in Colorado Springs. He came, and guess where we met at? Cabela's. <laughs> what? You too? And we're, we're, we're drinking coffee and Cabela's, and there we are. I want to let ladies know this happens. We're talking, 
We're connecting. We're telling stories and the past. And here we are, and Cabela's crying. <laughs> you too. And just having a, an amazing time. You know, our relationship's been like that for, for many years. Actually, he married Radine and I. But those, those are amazing relationships, those intimate covenant relationships that we all long for. And there's certain things that you look for. There's certain things that you can do. There's certain ways that you can build those relationships. I uh, listened to a message by Timothy Keller, and it was on friendship. And I tell you this right now, you should listen to it. It was very, very powerful. And he used four points out of it that I'm going to use today. You know why? Because his bullets fit my gun. And I'm going to share those four points right now because they are absolutely beautiful in building or sustaining the relationships that I'm talking about today. They're out of Proverbs, and if you're taking notes, you should write these down. They're all from him except maybe one. I might have got one of them a little bit different, but the first one is this, constant. Say this with me, constant. Constant. If you remember, this whole series is about me. Everyone say me. It's about what you bring to the relationship. It's not you looking at your wife and going, why don't you just change? Why don't you just shape up or ship out, whatever. It's about you, hopefully never ship out, but it's about you. It's about me. It's about us. It's about me attitude, me love, me change, what me brings to the relationship. Constant, say that with me, constant. Proverbs 17, 17, listen to this real close. A friend loves at all times. Say that with me, all times. A friend loves at what? In the good times? In the bad times? In the good and the bad and the ugly? Uh, when they're on top of their game? When they're retiring? When they're rich? When they're poor? A friend loves at, a friend loves at all times. You don't really hear about this in our society today. You could get a bad Twitter and all of a sudden, boop, friendship broke. We build on the, the word of God. A friend loves at all times. And it goes on to say, a brother is born for adversity. It's not based on feelings. Marriages, they get married and nine months later, it's blowed up, all split up. What happened? I just felt like she didn't love me anymore. What's that got to do with marriage at all? Because it's not built on feelings. It's built on a decision. It's built on a choice. It's built on the, does feelings come and go? You know they come and go. But that's not what we build on. We build on the foundation. We, we, we build on the truth of God's word. We build on, we're constant, man. We're constant. Like the sun coming up and the sun coming down, a friend loves at all times. Look at this, 1 Samuel 19, 1. Look what Saul does and commands Jonathan to do it. But look what it says about Jonathan towards David. Now Saul spoke to Jonathan, his son, and to all his servants. Look what Saul says. The 
that they should kill David. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted greatly in David. See, why do you pull that up, J.L.? Because it doesn't matter what anybody says about your friend. It doesn't matter if you're the minority, if your family's against it, your other friends are against it. Come on, a friend loves? And that should go with your marriage right now. Right now. All times. Say this with me, constant. If you're going to have an ongoing covenant, intimate relationship. It has to be constant on your end. There has to be a consistency on your end, a constant. Number two, say this with me, careful. You know, but before I go to number two, there's got, I got to show you something. How many of you saw Lord of the Rings? Our son is the one that got us all into Lord of the Rings, and, <laughs> and I like it now. He's rat him, he owns them. He, we went to New Zealand one time, and we went through all the Lord of the Rings stuff. And, and what I love about Lord of the Rings is it's really a movie about friendship, fellowship. What? You too? I thought I was the only one. And you know, the whole process of how they leave the shire and they go through it. It's all about taking the ring. Got to take this ring. Frodo, Mr. Frodo, got to go destroy this ring. Precious. They go through orcs. <laughs> they go through orcs, man. Crazy orcs. Weird, weird looking things on scary horses and spider. Remember crazy spider? Wow. All those things, all those orcs come in different sizes, and you know, I just, it's very, very cool. But now it's towards the end of the story. Everyone say constant. There's this one relationship you got to love him Sam. Come on, ain't nobody like Sam, man. Sam's got your back. Now they're right there. Frodo can't even remember what food tastes like. He's been through hell and high water, and I want you to look at this little short clip of Sam and what Sam does. Remember, a friend loves at all times. Do you remember the shine, Mr. Furlong? It'll be spring soon. The orchards will be in blossom, and the birds will be nesting in the hazel thicket. They'll be sowing the summer barley in the lower fields.
Sam, and Sam's like, I can't carry it, but I can carry it. A friend loves at all times. Constant. Number two, say this with me, carefulness. If you want to have a good friend, you have to be very careful. You got to be very, very sensitive, even us men. You have to be discerning. If all of a sudden I'm going through the hardest time of my life, I mean hard time of my life, and you come to me and you're like, oh, J.O., I just come to pump you up. I'd be like, bro, I don't want you to pump me up. And by the way, you ain't my friend. Because I just went through the hardest thing of my life. You got to be sensitive with relationships. You got to be very careful with friendships. If it's your wife, husband, or another good friend, if you're going to keep or build relationships, you have to be emotionally attached. You may be detached right now. God wants to heal you because he wants every one of us. J.L., it's just my personality. Well, you don't have that right any longer when you become Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I know we have different personalities, but we're all called to be Christ-like. We have to be sensitive. Look what the Bible says, Proverbs 25, 20. Singing cheerful songs to a person with a heavy heart is like taking someone's coat in a cold weather or pouring vinegar on a wound. Ouch. You know what Hebrew says? Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Sensitive, careful, discerning. If you're going to keep a friend, everyone say number three, candid. You also have to be honest and truthful. I'm not saying be a jerk. You know, the Bible says speak the truth. We're to speak it in love. But you have to speak the truth in a real, honest, intimate, covenant relationship. You have to be able to share truth. Jesus came full of grace and truth. I would, I would encourage you to lean on the grace side. But if all you do is flatter, oh, I just love you. You just don't never do anything wrong. Oh, you're just so beautiful. Anytime you try to criticize them, they're not going to be able to receive that. There is a beautiful balance in a relationship. You show grace, you show truth. Well, J.O., which one is it? Yes, both. But there's a radical middle that God wants us to walk in that I think is not lukewarm. It's not gray. It's just a radical middle that he desires us to walk in that it takes in a relationship. You have, well, J.O., I love them so much I can never be honest with them. Well, you really, don't, you really don't love them because if you love them, you're going to care for them and you're going to be honest with them and yet you're going to encourage them. Now, it's not, I don't want you to walk out of here and go, well, I'm just going to be the critic. Just criticize. I'm, 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 I'm in your life to be the, the, the criticizer. I, uh, Radine and I was out the other day. We were working in the yard and all of a sudden I just was critical about every little thing she was doing with her flowers and 
flour dirt and all. Just I was just like critical. She looked at me. She says, "Can I do my job?" <laughs> and I said, "Yeah," because I I noticed why was I doing that? I don't know. I'm weird that way. I really don't know. But yeah, please do your job. And she had a wonderful time. And I quit being a jerk and criticizing her. You want to be truthful, you gotta have, you gotta be candid, you gotta shoot straight, but you can, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And the last one, number four, is say this with me, counsel. Let me back up to one scripture I think you should hear when it comes to candid. Listen to what this says. It's a beautiful, let me back up to three. I want to just read this, Proverbs 27, five, because all these are based on the books of book of wisdom, on the, the wisest man in the world. Look what it says. Open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. So it's, it's okay to rebuke those that you love because you're gonna help them along the journey if you're doing it in love. Everyone say counsel. Proverbs 27, 9, ointment and perfume delight the heart. And sweetness, look, sweetness of a, of a man's friend gives delight by hearty counsel. You, you, you got to be able to counsel someone and receive counsel. Even if you don't want to hear it, even if it's not something that, if they have your, if they have the, your best intention in mind, they're going to give you good counsel. They're going to they're going to go to bat for you. You you want to be able to receive that. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You're going to be blessed by receiving the counsel of the godly. Jonathan and David, they're they really don't know what to do. Saul's out to kill David. He's already thrown a spear at him. He's jealous. David is, Saul's killed thousands, slayed thousands. David's slayed tens of thousands. Saul's just, he's so stinking, he's so insecure and so fearful, he's having a meltdown. David doesn't show up at the table of Saul two days in a row. And and, and he goes to, to, to Jonathan, his son. Where's David? Well, he begged me to go do a sacrifice with his family. I'm paraphrasing. You should reason. But begged me to go do a sacrifice with his family. Saul takes and throws a spear at his dad. I mean, at his son, meant for David. Here's the plan. Here's the great counsel. Jonathan had already talked to David. Hey, we're going to meet in the field. I'm going to have a lad with me. I'm going to shoot my bow. If, if my dad really wants to kill you, I'm going to shoot the arrow, and I'm going to tell the lad to go further and further and further. That's the clue that you need to get out of Dodge. That happens. He sends the lad back home. David comes out. They greet each other. I mean, they must have just went through turmoil because now David has to flee because Jonathan's Saul, Jonathan's dad Saul is just having a meltdown. But it's all about the beautiful counsel that Jonathan had that saved David's life. Counsel. And then let me close with this. The perfect friend. 
The perfect friend, his name is Jesus. Because I want you to see what Jesus did. You can absolutely copy your life perfectly by the life of Jesus when it comes to a friend. He gathers friends to himself. He pours into his friends. He feeds his friends. He leads his friends. He washes his friends' feet. He rebukes his friend. Get behind me, Satan. Remember talking to Peter? He does all these things. He goes to a post and receives a beating that almost killed him. Why? For his friends. And then he goes to a cross, takes on all the sins of his friends to the cross, dies for his friends, raised again on the third day. Why? Because of his friends. He had three intimate friends, Peter, James, and John. But then he had the disciples and he has a whole lot of other covenant friends. You know who they are? You. He did all of that. There's no greater love than a friend lay down his life for another. This is exactly what Jesus did. And he lived this, this way in order for us to be able to live the same way that he did in living out a perfect friendship.